Hello, my friend. My name is Gabby Ruth, and this is Pain to Passion Live. Hello, my friends. How are you today? Believe it or not, I am actually coming to you from a Starbucks parking lot, which is kind of perfect for a Coffee with Gobby episode. So you might hear some cars driving by, uh, but I didn't want to miss this chance to chat with you. It's Thanksgiving week. We all have lots of stuff going on. I am running around doing last minute errands and getting some work done, but I was so excited to stop and chat with you here in this parking lot today. So I hope that you'll grab your coffee or your tea, that you are enjoying your post Thanksgiving rest, and that you can relax with a cuddly blanket for a few minutes and spend this time with me, especially because today's topic is something that seems to be really resonating with a lot of people. I did a TikTok this week. Yes, a TikTok. You can find me over there. I know it's so crazy to be on TikTok, but I kind of love it. You can find me on Instagram too. I put this as a reel as well, but it seemed the TikTokers really resonated with this message that I did on a TikTok this week about just being so tired. Like, not just tired because we're busy, but so tired, exhausted at like a soul deep level. And the message, the point of that TikTok was that a lot of us are feeling soul deep tired because we have felt from our childhood that in order to be loved, in order to be safe, in order to be accepted, we had to show up and be extraordinary. Can you relate to that? I know for sure this is my story. This is something that I've been working through with my therapist. It's a great thing to talk about in therapy, by the way, if you ever need a subject or a topic. But I just realized, like, there is this really exhausted part of me deep inside my soul that is just so tired from having to show up and be amazing at everything that I've done. Now, if you're anything like me, then maybe you had a childhood where things getting accomplished was really praised and really applauded. Being good at things, getting good grades, those kinds of things. And I was actually sharing with someone recently, like, I started playing piano when I was eight years old. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old right now, so they're around that eight-year-old age, and they seem so young to me. And I don't feel like they're in any hurry to try to accomplish anything, but I remember at eight years old starting the piano. It was something that I had wanted to do for a long time, and at eight, I already felt like I was so behind. I remember sitting down at the piano, trying to practice and thinking, I wish I had started when I was five because I am so behind. Like, it's kind of silly to think about that now. Like, (laughs) you poor thing, you were eight, that's so little. But here I was, eight years old, starting piano. And I felt like in order to be worthwhile, in order to even think that doing piano is something that I can do, I'm gonna have to like go really fast and do as good of a thing as I can here on the piano. 
And so I remember like within six months, I was playing Fear Elise, which if you know what that is, it's like that. Everyone knows that song, which is not something that a kid who has been playing piano for six months should be able to play. And even my piano teacher, I remember her looking at me like, I don't think this is possible, but I think it was about six months. I might be a little off, but I think it was about six months in. I had a piano recital and I played Fear Elise. I was absolutely determined because it wasn't because like I loved this song. It wasn't because, you know, I was particularly gifted. It was because I thought that if I could not play an actual classical song at my first recital that I was worthless. So where was this coming from? I know that surrounding me in the situation that I was growing up in, and I give my parents grace, they were doing the best they could, but I really felt like in order to be seen in my family, in order to be loved in my family, I had to be not just good, I had to be the best. Like, the only times that I felt safe was when I was getting praise because I was getting attention. I felt like I was loved in that moment, that nothing could happen to me, but that was only when I was doing something that my parents were amazed by. So I was constantly trying to find ways to impress my parents, to impress people, to be so good at math, to be incredible at reading. I tried to teach myself Greek. I'm not even kidding you. To be incredible at the piano at eight years old. And that kept me safe, guys. Like I performed that way all the way through college. I got amazing grades. I was always ahead of other people. I really became an accomplished pianist. I was a good dancer. I could sing amazing. Like I could show up and learn how to do things really, really well. And I don't think it's because I was particularly gifted. Sure, I had a I had a sound mind, but it was because I needed to feel safe. And that is where all of our behaviors come from, honestly. These behaviors that we use to cope in life is from this sense of I need safety. If you think about it, anything that you've used to cope throughout your life, if you get down to the root of it, and we can talk about this in another episode, But it all springs from a place of needing to feel safe. Like that is the basic human need from the moment you are born. You need safety. And finding attunement with other people, especially your caregivers, is really your, your first cue of safety. And attunement is basically you finding in someone else that they understand what you're feeling, they're able to co-regulate with you, to comfort you, to meet you where you're at and still love you in that place. And attunement honestly was something that was really, really difficult for me to find during all of my formative years. And that's, that's another story for another time. But the only time I really felt attuned to was when I did something great my parents would see it and say, wow, you're amazing. We celebrate you. And you know how quickly that was over? It was over so fast, guys. And so I was on to the next thing. Now, that is how I learned to exist. So what do you think I've done as an adult? I've done the exact same thing. 
even when it's not been my parents anymore looking for me to achieve. It's turned into me. I'm the one looking for me to achieve. I figure the only way that people are actually going to see me, the only way people are actually going to like me, the only way that I'm actually going to have respect for myself is if I am extraordinary and I have pushed myself so hard. And on the flip side of that is shame, right? On the flip side of achievement, like if I don't achieve what I set out to achieve, the shame, guys, it's so deep and it's so dark and it is so terrifying for my nervous system, to be honest. Can you relate to that? Are you feeling exhausted in this way where it's like you're constantly on this treadmill of achievement, of having to be amazing, of having to show up in a certain way where maybe you don't even know who you are at this point? Maybe you don't even understand what it means to be you in a restful space. So what do we do about this, you guys? What do we do? I think the first thing that we have to do is recognize this as a lie. Like, honestly, it's just false that the only way for you to have value is for you to be achieving. I'm going to tell you right now, my beautiful, sweet, amazing friend, you are so valuable. You are a gift to this world. Whether you're sitting on your couch watching TV or whether you're in a C-suite leading a lot of people, you are valuable and you matter. And the thing that you needed to know from a young age is that you are precious just as you are. You are precious and lovely and loved and you do not have to prove yourself to be loved. And I'm so sorry if that has been your story. So let's just start to recognize the lies and start to tell ourselves the truth. I saw another reel yesterday um, by someone else, a therapist who was talking about core memories, like good core memories from childhood or from youth that you can go back to and feel what that felt like. And I was thinking about this yesterday um, because of that reel and thinking, what is one of those core memories for me? And one of those core memories for me of when I felt really loved and really valued and really seen, and it was separate from something I did, was actually my sister and I, we got in a really bad car accident when I was 17 and I was driving the car. So it was really scary. I was in a van and the van flipped, turned, spun all the way around and flipped on its side in a rainstorm in a ditch. And it was terrifying. So how did this become one of my best core memories? It's because these two girls, women, young women at my church who I really looked up to I admired. Um, One was the pastor's daughter and another was her best friend. They sent my sister and I this incredible care package, just full of the most thoughtful things you can think of and a card just saying how grateful they were that we were okay and to take care of ourselves. And the warmth that filled my heart from that thoughtfulness has stuck with me for forever. And so I was thinking about that yesterday because the point of this therapist's reel of the importance of these core memories is that you can go back to that feeling. You can go back to what that felt like to just be loved 
and realize like that is what you deserve as a human being. And that blessed me so much when I was making this real, this TikTok yesterday about being exhausted because it, it brought back that feeling of warmth and that feeling of knowing, you know what? Proving myself is not what matters. Understanding my value as a human being is what matters. And remembering the promises of God of how he said, like, he is for me. And he has created me on purpose and he has the best in mind for me and how he loves me. Like that is what is true about me. Even if I become so chronically ill that I can never leave my bed again, my value is not diminished. It does not go away. My lovableness is not diminished and it does not go away. And one of my favorite scriptures about this, which I'm sure most of you have heard, and I just have my ESV with me right now, so it's a little bit old school language, but it's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, which has come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's so many of us. That's so many of us who are trying to achieve in order to feel valuable. So I can come to him. Coming to him is remembering who he says I am. And it's recognizing who he is. He is the strength of my life. He is the one that makes things happen. He is the wisdom behind all the decisions. He is the one. I can come to him and hide in him and rest in him. And taking my yoke upon his yoke upon me, like what does that mean? I've read that um, in order to train like uh, yoked oxen back in the day or even probably today in some places where they still do that, they would put a younger ox with an older, more experienced ox who would really be the one taking the pressure of the yoke and teaching the younger one how to do this. And that is what it's like. It's like, if you yoke yourself with me, I'm the one, Jesus saying, I'm the one who knows how to do this. Like, all you have to do is walk alongside me. And there's so much beauty in that, you guys, because God is not a God of burnout. I promise you, he is not a God of performance or a God of burnout. And I know that we relate our experience to God with our experience with our families, but he is a perfect God. He is a perfect father and he is perfect love. So he's not looking for us to perform. He's looking for us to trust, to believe the truth about what he says about us and to rest in him. So I hope right now, whether you're listening to this right after Thanksgiving, through the holiday season, or any time, that you can take a few moments with your hot tea or your coffee and your cuddly blanket and just remember, I am valuable. I am loved. I am worthy because that's what God says about me. And trust me, it is so worth it to trust him and to allow him to bring the people into your life who aren't going to have 
unrealistic expectations of you in order to attune with you, in order to love you, in order to come alongside you and be a safe space for you. I really hope this was encouraging to you today. If you liked this, will you please let me know? Send me a message on Instagram or uh, an email through my website. However you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. I love having these coffee chats with you. I hope sometime we can have a coffee in person. How cool would that be? And uh, I would love it if you could rate and review the podcast as well. I read every review. I am so appreciative of all of you who have left your reviews. And if you have not, if you could leave a review and rate, um, five stars would be awesome. (laughs) I would appreciate it so much. I'm trying to get as many people into this community as possible so that they know that they are valued, they are safe, they can heal and hear these stories of pain to passion. You are lovely and you are loved. I can't wait to chat with you next time. Have a great day. Thank you.